In an enchanted forest, I met a young wizard. He came to me and shot a cum blizzard. I know. Did he fuck between your thighs? He did. How many guys did he invite? Seventeen. He wanted you to know. And I did. That he was your bro. He was. He's gonna jack you off and blow. He did. Did he fuck it really slow? He did. Did you love yourself after? No. Did you ask God for forgiveness? Yes. Oh, the Lord is my sword. He is. He's the spiciest of porks. Oh, God. I want you to know. (laughs) What? That God is in your heart. One thing I think about when I think of Jesus Christ. My daddy set me on his knee and he gave me this advice. (laughs) He said, son, when you go on to sin, think about the lives of men, especially one who had no fun. They killed him and his life was done. And you rose so strong because of it. You learned your dad's life lessons. That's a blessing. And I want to see you grow up to be big and strong. Never suck a big, huge dong. It's your bus driver. You're the rider. You take that thing away. And I'm always here with you, baby. And I know my boy ain't gay. Oh, fuck my ass. That is so dumb. If you listen to that, congratulations. And you're in tune to another episode of Death Metal. Welcome back into the void, Christopher Pierce. And Buddy Lloyd. We're glad to have you. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for giving us an opportunity and trudging through a terrible opening song. But that's what happens. We had a busy day. You We've know had saying? a busy goddamn day because we did a previous song. We, I mean, we went to the gym. We lifted weights. Yeah, we did that. And then we came here and then we recorded a video that hopefully will be out before this podcast. So you've seen it. Hopefully you've shared it. And we've become a viral sensation, and we could quit doing this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Nah, man, we are so happy to have you guys here. This week, we have a tale of desperation that comes from living in poverty inside of the Bible Belt and having a desperate need to become more than living in a trailer park has the opportunity to become. For some, that's working harder than the average person. Doing sports to the hardest extent, going to college, diving headfirst into academics and busting your ass to make straight A's, 4.0, high scores on the ACTs, and making your way with a college scholarship. That's how most poor people will do it. Barad Farrell decided to become an immortal, all-powerful, blood-fueled creature of the night. That's right. Daddy Filth. (laughs) (laughs) He tried to become Daddy Filth as he may. He wanted to be a vampire. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a white trash resident of Murray, Kentucky, Rod Farrell. He tried his best to become a vampire, started an entire coven, 
And in this case, the Kentucky Coven is responsible for murder. Kentucky Coven. <laughs> I love saying it. <laughs> I love to say it. Yeah, my voice is blown out. It's all the way gone. I'm going to just trudge through this. Please bear with me. Thank you for that. And thank you also so much for just listening to the podcast. Yeah, we man. love that you listen to this. We love you for listening. Thank you guys for listening. It means everything to us. If you enjoy the podcast, like so many others have, get onto iTunes and please give us a five-star review. Not to make me and Buddy feel cool, but because that can help us with future sponsorship opportunities. That's how iTunes algorithm works. You have to have an interaction. Listens aren't enough anymore. Somebody's got to come through and give you a five-star review. And if you want to type something, that helps out too. You don't have to stroke me and Buddy's ego. You could say goofy shit like, fuck Sam Talent. Great rap metal songs. E-Town Concrete for life. All those things are very acceptable. Anything you want to type into the comments, just give us a five-star review and we're doing it. We love that support. Some of our other listeners choose to support even more. And goddamn, I don't even know how to describe how much we appreciate every single penny we get from our supporters that go to patreon.com backslash deathmetaldicks and sign up for our subscription service. Take a look at that, and if you feel so inclined to give, we'll love you forever. And if you don't like subscription service, of course, you can donate directly to us deathmetaldicks at gmail.com through PayPal. Lots of people have done that. We appreciate the support. We've got t-shirts that we're going to have in our hand by Monday. Everyone that got on Patreon that's on that tier, we got them coming to you. Thank you guys so much, again, for just giving us the opportunity to do a podcast, funding us doing more research, and being able to get stickers, shirts, all types of merchandise to send out to you sick horror freaks. (laughs) (laughs) Crap. Man, I'm excited to do this episode tonight. We're talking about, of course, Rod Farrell. His mother was Sandra Gibson. She met Rod's father in high school, got pregnant, they got married. And, of course, a tumultuous high school relationship almost certainly ends before the baby is born, Emotions and hormones are running wild with young lives. He bailed before Rod was even born on March 28, 1980 in Murray, Kentucky. Murray, Kentucky is a tiny town in the middle of Kentucky, deep in the heart of the Southern Bible Belt. This town has one church for every 300 people. I mean, it's tiny. There's one store, one post office, and 90% of the population lives in a trailer, while the other 10% are somehow independently wealthy, like every small southern town. Yeah, the one we live in. Absolutely. <laughs> Mostly trailers, a few rich folks, and yep. then us. Very few. But you live in a trailer, too. I do live in a trailer, <laughs> I just remember that right now. Oh, There's man. a homeless guy that literally comes and stays <laughs> in the trailer behind us every once in a while. Like, he trailer squats? He trailer squats. That is an uh, extreme level of punk rock. I mean, you could squat in an abandoned house. He talks to himself a lot. You hear him? Yeah, man. He would be coming out of the backyard, like, picking up trash and throwing it back down and going, Here go, here we go, Kentucky. That's where I'll be. And he just never does anything with his life, so he never goes to Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone wants to go to Kentucky that lives this type of lifestyle. But it's a, it's a tough life, man. When you're a trailer type of person, there's so many hurdles to overcome to get out of poverty and in fact most of the time people born into poverty have no chance of getting out no matter what they do now there's a rare exception of people that look at where they came from 
apply themselves and do a tremendous amount of hard work, work their way out. There's also the same amount of people who take that trajectory and then any little hitch throws them off of that because they have no way to recover from it because they have no money because this is the way that capitalism works. You have a certain percentage that have had a long line of income that have more income to spend to give the next generation a chance to get more income or you have the downtrodden whose family somewhere along the line you're slipped up or came into shit from the start and haven't been able to trudge their way out. And any little hitch along the way can fuck up the entire process, especially like having a kid. I mean, having sex, it feels good. Mm-hmm. Having sex with a condom feels Does, all right. It's not good. I wouldn't say it's not good. I don't like it's it. It's better than not doing it. I'm just waiting for the the ladies that I've boned in my past to come up and go, Hey, this is the little buddy. Oh, fuck. Uh, I really hope not. I really hope not I'm either. I'm sure that that would have come up by now. Because it's been like five. Well, no. I'm just waiting, in, I'm just waiting until, uh, hey, when this shit takes off, I'll bet you ten ladies will come up and be like, hey, Team Sex Pig, guess what? Yeah, dude, a lot of people are riding for Team Sex Pig. I'm surprised. Which the premise is that you think that John Wayne Gacy wasn't gay. And Asabath is a good band. So, yeah. This is a shit-ass team. Let me tell you that. <laughs> it's a team of fucking winners. Yeah? It's a team of them. Are you the captain? I would say I'm the captain. I would say I'm the drafter. Okay. Oh, you drafted them. You personally handpicked them out. No, they came to me and I said, well, you're part of the team because I accept everybody. <laughs> you're like a regular Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. I love you. Okay. Unless you're, you know. So, you know, Jesus was. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Fuck my ass, man. Fuck me in my ass, man. Shit. Uh, yeah, so you got team sex wig and yeah. uh, you're like Jesus. You don't select people they just come to you yeah, and you man. accept everybody well because the, the father up above right is the devil he sure. goes hey man <laughs> you know you ain't got a whole lot going for you brother let me help you out <laughs> yeah and the, these people you know like i've i mean i'm i'm like dr phil i'm not a real doctor but people call sure. me a doctor <laughs> yeah you're a doctor man uh i would say i'm a part of team sex pig as well because uh I mean, what else could you be? You know, if, if yeah, you're man. like Jesus, you're leading by example, and you've got a fantastic example to follow. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rod Farrell was certainly trapped into the poverty mindset. Now, an interesting thing about small-town America and poor people, we've all seen it. You know, when you grew up, you went to school. I wasn't bottom-of-the-barrel poor. I would say I was the lower into middle class. So I could empathize with the kids that didn't have a lot. And I could also empathize with the kids that had a lot somewhere in the middle. I understand what it's like to have the things you need. And I understand how embarrassing it could possibly be to not be able to have just basic needs. So for me being in a school and I looked at the kids, there was always two or three kids in your grade school classes that just reeked of piss you could tell their parents didn't wash their clothes. Yep. You could tell they weren't well-versed in the art of hygiene. Mm. Most people would turn them away, and I'm certain that I did too. In fact, I can remember one instance where we had like a gift exchange in third grade or so, and uh, as the Christmas gifts were circulating around, they had us draw numbers to get the gifts. And you could see all of them. You could see who brought everything. Well, there was one that this piss-smelling kid 
whose name was Eric, of course. Oh yeah. In my class, he had a rat tail. He had, uh, you know, you remember in the eighties where they had those shirts that were like, uh, they were like striped, but then jagged into each other. Yeah, I do remember that. He had those types of shirts, and he had like the the weightlifting pants from the eighties that were like like a light breezy material, but they weren't quite sweatpants. Clearly handed down from his father, who was twenty something years old, and he was eight years old, so the fit wasn't exactly precise. Now his gift was uh, what was the ma- the boy version of Polly Pocket? Oh fuck! I know what you're talking. It was about. like Max something, like Max Cool, like a little fucking playset. But it was like a world. Yeah, like you opened it up and it would be like a like a entire battle scene, and you had the little guys that could move into and it fit inside of the palm of your hand, and the action figures were like I know, one exactly. inch tall. Fuck, what it's, is it's that? Max something. Hey, hit us up, deathmetaldicks at gmail dot com, and uh, shoot us that information because i'm sure you're probably screaming at your fucking phone right now it's max dick toucher or whatever it was called but anyway he had the mcdonald's one of those but he had wrapped it in electric tape black electric tape and i saw that and i was like please god don't let that happen to me and of course i drew the number and got it and knew what it was and so it came to me and i was trying to be cool about it you know what i'm saying because I understood the embarrassing factor of it, and I just got it. Was like, yeah, man, cool, thanks, and like didn't unwrap it. But the fucking teacher just sat there and was like, well, and I was like, oh. what do you mean, well? She's like, unwrap it, <laughs> and the dude, it took like forty five minutes to peel away all the electrical tape, and I just got this sticky Max finger banger set from McDonald's where you like twisted the thing on the bottom. Oh, it was I got one horrible. similar, but it was like a big ass goddamn crayon that was a piggy bank, a huge one. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that, that was your gift exchange at school? Yeah, man. Somebody gave me that. Dollar and I store was like, shit. Oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> and I'm really good at saving money now. That's why I live in a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that's the same boat that Rod Farrell was in. He was the Eric kid, he was the big crayon kid. He reeked a piss. Sometimes when that happens to kids, they try to express themselves in non-traditional ways. Some kids will, again, reach out for sports. Some kids will drop out of school and get a job at McDonald's. Rod Farrell decided to get into a, I wouldn't say gothic lifestyle, because that would indicate that you're into like Bajas, Joy Division, New Order, Susu and the Banshees. Weren't quite into like all the way new metal, but like the radio hits, like all the dark radio songs. Like you would sit through four Godsmack songs, love it when Voodoo came on. Voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about that song so much, it's I have no idea. <laughs> it's the worst, but it's so funny because he's just like, Here I'm coming back again. You know that somebody in that time frame was like, you don't fuck? We don't fuck. But maybe put on that voodoo song again one more time. Hey, man, my my stepsister bought me that and thought, hey, man, he'll love this. You have a stepsister? Yeah, man. I have two. What? Yeah, I mean, we're not close. This is how I find out about it is Godsmack's voodoo? Yeah, because they tried to buy me a goddamn fucking Godsmack album. I was like 14, like way into fucking cool shit. And they're like, here, you like this. And I'm like, "Ah." was it already opened? 
No. Oh, was no, like, yeah, that's it was, a step up for your family normally. Yeah, man. Do like I told you. Stay away from me. Yeah. Never yeah. misunderstand, but yeah. Yep, dude. Listen. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all. We got to back that up because, like, when you said unopened, my little brother received a docking CD, which I owned. <laughs> Correct. My mom went in my room and took it out and wrapped it up and gave it to him. Right. And gave for me Christmas. A, gave me a pink CD and a John Cena shirt. <laughs> An open pink CD. So she saved her money. And to, the docking CD didn't have a CD in it even. No, man, because I had it in a player. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Because I think that boy's a good-ass guitar player. And, hey, here's all we're trying to do is just frame white trash. We're white trash. Yeah, dude. So we can understand most of this, except... The part where he took this turn, you know, and every time a Nine Inch Nails song comes on, they get riled up. Every time a Tool song comes on, they get riled up. You know the type of kid. Ding, ting, It was just loud. But you know the type of kid we're talking about. Like, everyone gets it right. But baggy black jeans, one pair of them, uh, one ill-fitting band shirt. Faded glory. A braided belt. Braided. White sneakers. Didn't want white, but that's just what Dr. Scholes had to offer at the time. <laughs> So yeah, and, and this kid, uh, he he had already been a bad student at a young age, tenth grade in high school. He essentially got kicked out of his main school. His mom had to move from one trailer to another trailer in a smaller town of Murray, Kentucky, and so he started the Murray High School. And when he did, he of course had the baggy jeans, trench coat, painted his fingernails black, and that's when he runs into this guy, Jaden, at the same school. Now. They are both living a similar lifestyle. Jaden has pierced his own tongue. Whoa. Pierced his own lip. Wow. Pierced his own nostril. Wow. <laughs> Black fingernail polish. Wow, that's a cool guy. And so, one thing about extreme music, if you're into a specific genre, even shitty new metal, and you see a person that is into all the exact same things as you are, and you're young, first thought that crosses your mind is, fuck that poser. Every time. Every time. Or you're not real. That's the only way. Yeah. One of my like current best friends, and as soon as I saw him, I was like, fuck that dude. He just a similar interest. You like extreme shit. You can't fathom how someone else could like it, and you just it's too much to take in. You know what I mean? And when it just dances across your eyeballs, and you're like, I hate that guy. Move along. That's our friendship. Yeah, and then you fucking... Because you gave me your phone number. I was like, I'm not calling this fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works, dude. You're posing and I'm nosing. Then we ran into Walmart and then I was like, man, you know what? He's pretty cool. Yeah. It doesn't take a shit lot. Up. You said some shit about uh, fucking integrity. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm going to call you tomorrow, <laughs> man. <laughs> and, and the rest is history. And they meet each other. And see, the problem here is that you got Rod. He's got the trench coat. What a dick name, Rod. Rod, yeah. I mean, that's a literal dick. Like, you know he's going to be a fucking asshole. If you give your kid a name that vaguely is close to penis... It's over. Yeah. Why got, would you do that? I got two of them. Yeah, you do. My name is William Richard, if you guys don't know. Look at Dick Dick. <laughs> Willie Dick. Willie Dick. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so Rod, trench coat kid. That clashes with Jaden. He's a cape kid. Oh, he's got a cape. He's got a goddamn cape. And he's uh-huh. wearing the high school on the daily. So you got to kill that boy. Of course, to start with, they got a problem with each other, but it just takes a couple of weeks until they both wear the same faded nine-inch nail shirt. You know, the one, the black on white, all cracked up and fucking, man, did you hear the downward spiral? Me too. What about those synth parts in it? Man, I heard he was working with Marilyn Manson. Man, could I see your cloak? Hell yeah, that's a cool item. Let me see inside that trench coat. Well, he could fit a couple shotguns in there, bro. Yeah, I've been thinking about it, but instead I put all my nail polish right here. 
Damn. And that was a friendship, man. It was off to the fucking races. And Jaden had been doing this shit called Vampire the Masquerade. It was a tabletop role-playing game released in 1991. It is set in a fictionalized gothic punk, yuck, version of the modern world, where players assume the roles of vampires who are referred to as kindred and deal with their night-to-night struggle against their own bestial natures, vampire hunters, and each other. Oh my god. And this is where all this type of kid come together to hang out. So once Rod starts hanging out with Jaden's crew, it's only a matter of time until all the pieces of Murray, Kentucky start to fit together. Now there's a surprising amount of piss kids that have grown up with that dirt mustache, ball necklaces, and converged together in one place in this tiny town. Real tired of horror meal, chili Frito pies, and Roseanne. I'm going back to my room, and I'm going to play a game. <laughs> Dude, every mom that was... Roseanne was, like, such a validation to shitty moms. Like, well, yeah, I got knocked up when I was 17, and I was hopped to trout, but then I got all fat because of you. And now I just kept popping them out, and Dan's coming home, and he's got too much gout in his toes to fuck me, so Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you know what we're going to have tonight, kids? Hormel Hamburger Helper. Hormel Hamburger yeah, Helper. Man. I guarantee somewhere in our listenership, one of these poor-ass kids had gotten a hamburger helper made, but they didn't have hamburgers, so they just used all-meat Hormel as the hamburger. Yeah. So it was like Chili Mac, but the meat oh. was Hormel. It was like double Chili Mac. What is fucking terrible is, like, I, <laughs> like I've told you before, my grandparents raised me. Yeah. But goddamn, I had this... My, my dad, my grandpa got sick as fuck and had cancer and shit. And so they're like, well, we'll just let your mom uh, take care of everything, which is a bad idea. I come home from yeah. school and she's like, we're having this. And I'm like, dog food? It was Alpo, man. She was like, just put these Fritos, the Alpo and the cheese. I'm like, nope. I'm yeah. just going oh, over. it's just like chili. I'm going over to my buddy Seth's house, and yeah. that's what I'll be doing. Yeah. So you guys have fun. Yeah, see, my grandparents. <laughs> Look at his mind explode, dude. <laughs> my grandparents didn't uh, neglect me. I mean, your mom was a party pig. Let's just come out with the facts. Oh, dude, like, she, she had a just... party on my parents' porch when they weren't there. <laughs> a porch party. And the same kid, Seth. His yeah. dad came over and goes, you know what your dad would do if he saw this? And he punched the fucking porch and it shook. And I was like, well, here we go, guys. <laughs> and it was about the same time I heard uh, Metallica. And I was like, man. Dun, 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 dun. I heard that. Yeah, man. And so uh, he goes, I'll the party is over. To be free. Then his dad was just, it's kind of like Alex mind. Jones, but just can't cool. See. That's a great story, man. And I, growing up, my grandparents <laughs> didn't party. My mom did. She just got the fuck out of there. Oh, which yeah. might have been better off for me because of the way that your mom was. But they just kind of neglected. And they would just have all the frozen foods and, like, all the foods that all you, like, Hot Pockets. Reggio's Totino's, frozen pizza. No Reggio's, dude. Totino's all the time. Grape soda, chips, cereals, milk. You know what I'm saying? Just all the fucked off calorie-ridden bullshit and just wouldn't be there, so I would have to fend for myself. Remember the frozen microwavable donuts at Kroger? Yeah, dude. Of course <laughs> oh I fucking do, God, man. What a good dude. move. Those were delicious. Hey, those were top-notch. They're right? like raised. Because you had a bag, man, and <laughs> yeah. you could just fucking slop that fucking shit all over it and open that boy God, we are disgusting. <laughs> I don't even know how we got on the fucking off of it. I knew when we had a podcast about 
poor shit that this would definitely happen. <laughs> I could be talking about gross pork and foods, gross pork and lifestyles, being left alone to fend for yourself at the age of nine. Still in chocolate milks. This is the type of stupid shit that happens, man. Uh, so Jaden has a vampire coven, and it's based loosely around Vampire the Masquerade. Now, role-playing games, I'm sure you understand, or when you play your role, you try to create this alternate universe and instead of being rooted in your reality, when all the gang gets together and cuts loose, you're living in a whole different world. If everybody's got enough imagination or acid or whatever, you can pretend to live an entirely separate life. And that's what happened here. And some of them, of course, took it further than others. Now, it's important to say that the number one law of being a vampire is no murder. Vampires feed on life, so life is precious. And no, I did not look that up to confirm it. But let me tell you, if you actually believe in vampire laws, I don't believe in you. Fair enough. This is a crew of the kids that were all cutters in high school. <laughs> they all cut on their upper arm. Every single one of them. <laughs> and in the video that I watched about it all, Jaden... Was com- it a cold chamber video? <laughs> yes, yes, it was. It was Big Truck. Whoa. <laughs> and so Jaden compares cutting to smoking cigarettes. He's like, no, it's not a big deal, man. You know, some people smoke cigarettes to get a little endorphin rush. They get their blood back up. They get the feeling in their head. They get a quick fix. Oh, that's what cutting's like. You just cut yourself a little bit. Your endorphins rush up. You get some dopamine. He's like, you know, fairly well-spoken for a dumb fuck southern Kentucky poor trailer kid that's yeah, into Nine Inch Nails. You know that's what I mean? That's new metal cocaine. Yeah, man. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Using a razor blade for it doesn't cost anything. It makes sense. Now, these filthy dorks believe drinking blood makes you immortal. Literally believe it. It gets you high, gives you nutrients, and because they have sucked from one another's arms, I think they need a hepatitis test. Yeah. Hey, that's what we should do when we're lifting weights, man. We should cut each other and drink each other's blood. Uh, Weight vampires? Pre-workout. Swole pirates? Yeah, that's a good pre-workout. Like, all right, man. What's the warm-up looking like today? Well, let me produce my razor blade. Give me a couple of slices. Take a swig. We're just going to start wearing razor blade necklaces. Oh, <laughs> man. Those were, dude, man. Yeah, there was a Judas Priest one. That was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's the only one that's cool. Did I tell that story about the uh, fucking uh, the dude that played. I did tell a story. I know I did. The dude that played basketball that said the kid was gay. That wore a dress. I talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah okay, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. I mean, that all ties. That kid wore a razor blade necklace every day. He had like three different ones. He had like one on a black rope that was like the uh, the classic razor blade with a safety back, and then he had the one on the uh, chain rope that was like the double sided razor blade with the shit in the middle of it, which is like the real old school shaving razor blade. That's the class. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He had all of them. He had all the razor blade apparel. And I get it. He was definitely part of this culture of vampire movement. Now, self-mutilation and piercings are basically what happens when you're too young or can't afford tattoos. Okay. That's generally the first step. I'll never come up. If you don't have the patience. No, I mean, me either, dude. I don't get it. And I I hate that. I I knew a couple people that did do that. Uh, You know, I understand that that's like a mental illness situation. Yeah, yeah, Like some people legitimately get a feeling inside their body and they find a way to release it through slicing themselves. And that does for sure put dopamine into your brain, rushes you with endorphins. That is a definite mental thing. But these kids, 
aren't that. They're all doing it because they think it makes you feel cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to shit on people that have had a, a tough life and have used cutting to cope with it and got addicted to that sort of cycle of behavior. I would feel bad doing that. These aren't that. These are just dorks who saw one dork do it and then wanted to out-dork that dork. Compounded dorkery. You understand? Yeah. (laughs) Now, to become a vampire in this coven, you have to cut yourself three times and then let your sire, which is the daddy stud vampire... (laughs) Suck your blood. <laughs> I know, man. It's so hard to talk about, this. Sire? Yeah, sire. Daddy. <laughs> Is that what they call a horse that comes in the horses? Like the main sire? horse that fucking nuts and other horses? Is a sire. <laughs> Crap. Hey, fucking lube that horse pussy up because a sire's in the stable. <laughs> I just see old English leathers pop up in my head when you said sire. <laughs> man, I bet the leader of it got it tattooed on his stomach for sure dude, dude i'm getting sired <laughs> fuck my ass this is i i know look the whole thing's ridiculous all right we got a long road to travel oh, so no, we're just gonna man. dig it and deal with this stupid shit all right all right let's pretend the vampires are cool for a little while okay so the sire will suck the blood that comes from your three cuts and there's a regular back and forth feeding, a cycle of feeding. The sire is number one, so his needs come first. So if he wants to feed on you, you got to cut yourself and let him have a swig. Now, if you want to feed, probably not going to feed from the sire. You're going to feed from one of the other underlings. But in this particular case, to make you a vampire, the sire has got to cut himself three times. And you drink the sire's blood, which is a special honor. Jaden was Rod's sire. <laughs> Rod and Sire, man. (laughs) A Sire's Rod. Oh, my God. Drink from the Sire's Rod. (laughs) (laughs) I I hate this so much, dude. (laughs) Jaden was Rod's Sire, and they performed their ceremony in Old Salem Cemetery. stop recording for like 10 minutes because we're laughing too fucking hard at this goofy shit man being a vampire don't start again i've totally lost buddy he's never coming back all right so Jaden was rod sire (laughs) they reformed their ceremony in old salem cemetery then they meditated together for hours and they found it super important in this documentary both parties Rod from prison, Jaden from the free world, to illustrate that in no way is this gay. Oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jaden is the leader of the coven. He's not like a power-hungry leader. He was just the first person to start playing this role-playing game. He's the oldest, and the RPG 
is basically in need of a dungeon master. Somebody that can move the rules along, keep the gameplay in check, nothing gets too crazy. These dorks are living in their own version of the RPG before Rod ever came along. So he's not trying to be the king, he just is, and it's a necessary role. I'm not 100% sure about everyone else in the coven. I believe mainly their drugs of choices are drinking a little bit of beer, smoking a little bit of weed. Oh, no, it's red wine. Uh, yeah, but, but I watched the, the documentary. Okay. It's like a Discovery ID type of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're drinking beers. Like, okay. You know, but I, I don't, I think red wine's a little too expensive. You know what I'm saying? Even the shit kind, okay. you know? Yeah. I just think, anyway, they drink a little bit, they smoke a little bit of weed. Rod is already on to harder shit in high school. He's a little bit, he's one year younger than Jaden. Jaden at this time is 16. Jaden's 17. Rod is 16. Rod is on to the harder shit. No, I'm sorry. Rod's 17 too. My mistake. This is all happens. Again, I should frame this before we get moving along. This all happens within a very short time period from the time these two meet. Rod finds out about this shit. They come together. As it progresses, it's a very short time period. They're almost out of high school. Rod is already on to hard drugs. And he'll take anything he can get a hold of. I mean, cool shit like acid, weed, hash. But then he's going with meth, PCP, which we've talked about extensively in some of our podcasts. Ricky Casso, very similar situation to this. Just got caught up in some dork-ass shit, taking PCP and meth, cocaine, whatever he can get a hold of. Now, Rod fully admits that he prefers heroin, but it's hard to get a hold of in Kentucky. He said if he could get more heroin, this probably never would have happened. And this is where reality starts to get muddled. Jaden, though I hate him for being a fucking poser, is actually pretty nice. Well spoken. Rod, on the other hand, has no dad. He's doing PCP. He's volatile. And also he doesn't have a clear head. So probably like every drug addict, he talks a heap of shit on every person he's around and then forgets 10 minutes later that that even happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he does. And this is how the great Kentucky vampire war begins. <laughs> uh, the I feel like, I feel like everybody dressing like blade and like, dude, all, all I have so many questions because trench coats are like a hundred and something dollars. Yeah. So I feel like the family gave these kids a choice. Like, all right, Look, we could drive 12 hours and spend a weekend on the beach in Florida, or we get you that trench coat you've been eyeing. Trench coat, trench coat, trench coat. Yeah. That's how it happened almost every time. And how was there so many trench coats in this town? You couldn't order them off the internet. Who was the genius in town that was like, oh, man, uh, slim pickings around here, huh, Marge? You know, we had this uh, general store here for about 75 years, and... uh, we were about to have to close the doors, and then uh, some of these young kids came along and started stocking up the trench coats. Man. Hey, you know what, man? Anytime, like, you're a single lady, you know, you're on the hard times, and you yep. see a boy with a fucking trench coat, you know he could eat a pussy good. <laughs> Is that what you think? <laughs> yeah, man. He's yeah. a vampire, man. Oh, yeah. All of them, huh? He's a chow, 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 chow. No, you know, I was in school in Colorado. I knew a couple of cool guys with trench coats. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> and they ate our mom's pussy. Uh, I don't think they did. I think they shot a lot of people, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, now, 
The first beef started because Jaden and Rod were walking along, as one does in Murray, Kentucky. Not a lot of options, no cars, no sort of regular transportation. The townsfolk hated these kids. There was a roller skating rink. They weren't allowed to go there simply because of the way that they dressed. All the other kids allowed, kids that dabbled in the dark side of life, were not allowed in the skating kids rink. Kids didn't like cool in the gang. Exactly. I hate gay goth kids. <laughs> the, but the dude that owns a skating rink in this little documentary talks so much shit about these kids. It's hilarious. But he's like 60 years old. He's like, man, I moved down here to Kentucky to get away from shit like that. It's like, what? Where did you? <laughs> You're like 60. You moved to get away from mall goths? Where were you at? Yeah, but uh, they have nowhere to go. They frequently hang out in the Arby's parking lot. Arby's? Yeah, yeah dude, Arby's. The worst <laughs> fast food restaurant of all time. The five for five, man, to get the Arby's cheese. Man, the only good thing at Arby's is horsey sauce. Mozzarella sticks. No. The mozzarella sticks. There's the better ones elsewhere. Are you, are you, yeah. Sonic? Yes. Disapprove. Disapprove? I What's disapprove. the difference? There's a there's a bigger... One comes from Arby's and one doesn't. I'll go to the... One goes from Sonic and one goes from Arby's. I will go to Arby's and get the horsey sauce and then go to Sonic and get the cheese sticks. Or you can get the cheese sticks from Arby's and also get the horsey sauce from Arby's and dip it in that shit and it's going to be good. Oh, yeah. On the inside, they have the... Yeah, okay. So that's where I can fuck with Arby's is that they have the big sauce. Man, this sucks. Listen, All they, we're talking about is white trash food. And they, have a goddamn, <laughs> they have a goddamn pie crust for the fucking uh, encasing of the shit at Arby's. What? Yeah, man. And then fucking cheese sticks at Sonic uh, You're talking about a pie-crusted cheese stick? Yeah, dog. No. With garlic and butter. All right, man. we got to keep this shit moving along. We're going to talk about white trash foods for two hours. <laughs> so they just walk around. That's basically it. They're a menace. They just walk back and forth. One particular walking spree through a trailer park, a cat crosses Jaden and Rod's path. Rod says the kitten attacked him. Jaden says Rod picked the cat up, said, hey, watch this, turned it upside down, smashed it against a tree as hard as he could, <laughs> immediately killing the cat. I'll go with the B. Yeah, and so Jaden <laughs> decides that he doesn't really like Rob that much after that. Yeah, of course, Rob. the number one rule of vamping is do not kill, oddly enough. Now, Jaden starts to think about all the shit that Rod does that he doesn't like. Talking shit, taking harder drugs at him, being reckless, killing cats. So he decides that he's going to kick Rod out of their vampire coven. So to do this, he goes to Rod's trailer where Rod and his mom are watching a vampire movie. What vampire movie? I don't know. Knocks on the door. <laughs> Rod comes outside. Jaden says he grabs Rod by the throat, lifts him off the ground, slams him into the trailer, stares in his eyes, and he says that he only let him go because he was afraid he was going to kill him. He felt such power coursing through his veins in this intense battle, locked in place, man against steel trailer on the steps of glory, on the other side, heaven. Inside of Rod's mom, who's actually pretty hot for a trailer lady. So it's like when you're in fourth grade and you find out the Undertaker and Kane are brothers, and yes. Paul Bear's like, "Put him down, Kane." Yeah, <laughs> and, and, Kane, that's your brother. 
now Rod says it didn't happen. Jaden grabbed his shirt. Rod slapped his hand away and said, go home, get away from my trailer. But to Jaden, this was the civil war. He got rid of Rod. Rod said, fine, I'll start my own coven. Not full of non-hard drug-taking pussies. And that's exactly what he does. After the great Kentucky vamp war, Rod goes, starts his own vampire family. The first member is 15-year-old Michael Schaefer. Then comes 16-year-old Charity Cassie. Then comes 19-year-old Dana Cooper. And lastly, 16-year-old Scott Anderson. Now, Rob is the vampiric father. He is the sire of this coven. So he has to do the ceremony with each one of them. Pulls back their trench coat. Sucks their dicks. <laughs> watches them cut three cuts in their arms. Sucks the blood. They return the favor to their sire, Rod. Now, Rod... Who <laughs> turns the favor stop. to the Rod? <laughs> Rod has been getting in a lot of trouble with the cops. One, simply because of how he looks. Now, of course, in a tiny town like this, again, there's 300 people... For every one church. So you understand that this is a deeply religious, Bible Belt, Southern area. Cops don't like him. Adults don't like him. Anything that happens wrong in town immediately gets blamed on this group of juvenile delinquents. And second, because he did shit like this. Broke into the pound, cut the fence, peeled the fence back. So when the workers arrived the next day, all they saw was the fence peeled open and about 35 dogs having a good-ass time running around loose. (laughs) Then they went in, noticed the lock wasn't cut, did a surveillance of the perimeter, found the hole in the fence, noticed that the grass was all pressed down, like there had been a large group of people standing there, four or five. And then in that pressed-down part, they found about 10 mutilated puppies. Arms, legs, tails cut off, split in half. And the lady said that the one thing that really struck her of course, beyond seeing mutilated puppies. I mean, one second, they're having a good time playing, biting each other, biting balls, stealing bones from one another. Second, they're a meal for these goofy vampires. She notices that there's not very much blood around at all, so it's got to be the vampires. And Rod legitimately did that. He brought his crew over there. They mutilated all these little puppies, and that's not a good look. So he knows he's got to get out of town. They're done with his bullshit. He gathers up his whole crew and comes up with a plan. Now, what <laughs> <laughs> really gave it away is the crop circle with him standing around. Yeah, like, right, right. There's, there's, like, like, there's uh, five of them. It's like typo negative symbol in the middle of it. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they're all talking like, three puppies, maybe four. I have came on this door. <laughs> Shout out to Peter Steele. He's yeah, the man, best Peter pussy Steele, eater that's I ever love been. Love typo negative, love man. Him. These guys did not listen to typo negative. Guarantee they never heard it. If they did, dude, dude, imagine. I'm sure they have by now, man. Imagine the first time these fucking dorks heard typo negative. It was all over. It was a rap. It's a rap. Never going back because everything else they'd heard up to like fucking a perfect circle. No. That's not what you want when you're a vampire. No. You want typo negative. Cataclysm. 
Cataclysm? That's a good vampire band. Ah, hell no. I think so. That's a death metal band, you dumb fuck. <laughs> yeah, I know it is, but for vampires. You're talking about like a uh, fucking Tiamat or fucking no. My Dying Bride. Yeah, I mean, that's cool for them too, but. Moonspell? Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sing the sounds of the vampire. So, anyway, he gets his crew together. He's got a plan. Now, Rod's ex girlfriend, Heather Windorf, had moved with her parents to Eustis, Florida. Records indicate that there was hours of phone calls between them over the months leading up to this. Now, Rod claims that she told him to come stay in her house after he kills her parents because her life is in living hell because her parents are overbearing and abusive. So Rod assembles his crew. He takes 10 hits of what he calls golden dragon acid and heads to Florida. It's only a 12-hour drive. Ryzen used this. Calls her and says, the time is now. What are we doing? She says, I just want to run away. Come pick me up. He gets to the house. She's got the garage door open. Starts walking into the garage. He thinks, hey, some shit might go down. So he's looking for a weapon and he finds a crowbar. Goes in the door. Sees her standing there. Our father, Richard Windorf, has been asleep on the couch with the TV on. So he opens the door. And when the door closes, the dad wakes up and kind of looks over to see what's going on. And bam, smashes him with the crowbar, which knocks him out. Rod tells police later in his confession that he was afraid that if he woke up, he'd be fucked. He'd have to fight the dad or kill the dad anyway. So he just continues smashing him with the crowbar. And this is one of the most brutal home invasion crimes ever in the history of America. He hits him hundreds of times with the crowbar, crushes his skull in, Starts stabbing him in a downward motion with a sharper part of the crowbar in the chest. Caves his entire chest in. All the while, their plan is, once the dad is dead, to go back to her bedroom and they're all going to have a coven orgy. What? When they start to round the corner. Now, he was going to let her mom, or I guess it was actually her stepmom named uh, Naomi Ruth Queen... Live. That's what he says. He was going to let... Queen of the damned. <laughs> yeah. Queen of the hammed. <laughs> he was going to let her live, but as they were rounding the corner to go have the orgy, she attacks, splashes hot coffee in his face, and grabs a hold of him. So his course of action, as they're intertangled together, his face is burning, he takes a sharp part of the crowbar and starts stabbing her in the back of the skull. Does that 20 to 30 times. Completely caves a giant hole into the back of her skull, and then it's all good. Now... They're having a good time. They try to figure out what they're going to do and what their next move is. So they rifle through the house. They steal things of value that are easy to carry. They take the couple's Ford Explorer and go on the run. Now, the plan is Rod likes a particular video game arcade that's got the video game Vampire the Masquerade in New Orleans. Fucking vampires, man. So they get in the Ford Explorer. They start heading down there. They get about halfway and end up in Baton Rouge. Charity Casey calls her mom, who at this time is living in South Dakota, and tells her mother, hey, I'm in some trouble. I'm near Baton Rouge. Could you send me some money? And her mom, this is all already out on the news, by the way. Like, police know that this group of kids have left. They know, now the uh, Heather Windorf's sister came home just a couple hours after they left and discovered her parents brutalized, notices Heather is gone. 
Heather had been fighting with her parents, and she knows that Heather has been talking to her ex-boyfriend on the phone, it all comes together real quick. And now they're on the lookout for this vehicle. It's all over the TV. Sick, brutal, breaking entry murder, national news. Dan Rather's talking about it. So, of course, the South Dakota trailer mom has seen everything there is to know about South Dakota trailer mom, man. (laughs) That's a cool, like, uh, trucker metal band. (laughs) South Dakota trailer mom on tour with Earthless. (laughs) Oh, my. Fu Manchu. (laughs) Fu Manchu. And uh, so the mom says, yeah, sure, I'll help you. Um, let me get some information about where you're at. Hang on a second. Stay where you're at and I'll call you. So she immediately hangs up, calls the cops, talks to the cops. They come up with a plan to get the kids to go stay at the Howard Johnson motel in town where police will come and arrest them. So she's going to wire the money to the Howard Johnson and pay for the room at the Howard Johnson. The kids of course go, Whoa, hell yeah. Thanks mom. Go over there, get arrested immediately off to jail. I mean, your blood sells you out with your blood family. Yeah, but mom never traded blood ceremonies in Old Salem Cemetery, so she's a traitor. <laughs> blood orgies, man. That's the fucking dumbest. Oh, my Horseshit. God. And these people are disgusting. I mean, they're gross. Oh, yeah. They're all having orgies, dude. One of them has 75% face area and 20% face and 5% teeth. So, like... So, a dolphin? Yeah. I I mean, dude, if you took, like, a piece of notebook paper and drew a face the size of a bottle cap in the middle of it, that's what her fucking face looks like. So, a butt? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, her face is the hole. A butt. It looks insane. And they're just having weird sex all the time. And I can't imagine they have, like, stamina. You know what I mean? Like, you know, nerds are nutting quick and, like... Getting gassed out and smelling bad and cramping up. It's not, it's a mess. So us. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this whole thing. And so they're arrested right away on the way to jail. It's similar to the Ricky Castle thing because it's getting sensationalized. Oh, a vampire cult travels to Florida and kills and is on the road for more blood. And they're horny and they're going for it. So when they arrest him, you know, they see this brooding long-haired, black-haired, fucking sick whore freak come out of the vehicle, (laughs) and he's, like, flashing the fucking middle fingers and devil sign and shit at the cops, and they get him into jail. He admits everything immediately. He confesses that when he killed them, he felt like God. He liked to kill. It felt incredible, but obviously he's not a god, so he feels uh, weird about his immortality being compromised by being captured from the police. (laughs) Now, they go to trial. It's fairly quick. This is the South open and shut. This guy admitted to killing. That's exactly what the judge says. You said, son, that you felt like a god. Well, I'm here to prove you are not. And the law here in Florida State said, I can give you the death penalty, and I'm going to do that for each one of the victims. Two death sentences, which makes him the youngest person on death row. Ever. Ever. His poor mom moves to Florida to go visit him every week, relocates her entire life, which I imagine is like five sets of Victoria's Secret underwear, two Victoria's Secret perfumes, one Kathy Lee Gifford suit, five five different Jordache sweatsuits from Walmart, 
and uh, Athletic Works sneakers. Moves that all down to Florida, just a visitor kid every week. It tries to help him with the appeal process and everything. Charity ends up getting charged with third-degree murder, burglary, and uh, grand theft. 10.5 years. Dana charged with the exact same three things, 17.5 years. Anderson, life in prison for the same charges. Weird. That's sexist. Yeah, for sure. Rod ends up getting out of the death penalty after appealing multiple times, but he's got life without parole. Still in the same place in Florida. Mom's still living by him. Fucking mess, man. All because of some goofy vampire shit. I I'm I mean, <laughs> so stupid, man. It was like when you saw a preview to the newest, well, not the newest, but whenever Sci-Fi Channel would play, like, what's going on next in this season of Dark Shadows from yeah. the 60s, but you'd be in the 90s. Fuck that show. Yeah, and man, the the entire summation of this that people need to hear is as goofy as all this sounds. I know that people find stuff like us at a young age because I did, you know? Yeah. Look, man, if you're in high school and you're going through some weird shit and people are mean to you and you feel like you're stuck in an environment and your way of getting out is by going down a weird path in life because you feel like there is no exit. This is your life. Please. Stop. You're going to get out of that in a couple years. And once you're out of high school, as much as you think all the people in that school are your entire life, it fades away in a flash. Within one year of being out of high school or college, all those people are going to be gone. You're going to be in yourself in an entirely different scenario. Everything resets for every person continuously. So please don't find yourself in a funk and stuck in a bout of depression because you feel like you're married to the town. There's always a way out. Yeah. Poverty sucks, man. I mean, we've all dealt with it. I'm sure we'll all continue to deal with being poor. It's not the worst thing. It's not a big deal. Don't let that ruin your young life. Work your way out of it. It's easy to do, especially with Satan's help. Oh, for sure. Without murdering and killing and doing a bunch of weird stuff. You can definitely do some weird fucking. Yeah. Oh, do weird fucking. That's do, important. Yeah, it's important. Just pull out. Don't have kids. If you're creating your own path, you can do things through the devil. Right. That involves positivity. Like coming. And love. Yeah. Just do that. Yeah, don't succumb to peer pressure and vampire and that's ridiculous. That's stupid. <laughs> but hey, man, uh, we love you guys. There are... Death Metal Dicks, what we do is we find our favorite, most brutal death metal songs comparing the brutal crimes. This one, certainly super gnarly. You got a dad and mom with their fucking heads caved in by Ooh. a young goth boy. That's got to be embarrassing, man. Yeah. When you get up to the afterlife and you got to say, well, this fucking fruit killed me. That's terrible. What song did you pick for us this week, buddy? Mortician. Oh! Blood craving. It's appropriate because they sure craved it. So we implore you to check out Mortician Blood Craving. You're here at the bumper for this song. Guys, thank you so much for being here. As always, we want to thank our highest tier of patrons. You guys make everything feel so good. We appreciate you so much for your contributions and that you like us enough to kick money towards us. I want to thank Casey Gaden, Matt Mess, Sam Talent, The Bradshaws, Ryan Parker, Bobby Henderson, Jeff Ross upped his pledge. Thank you very much for wow, that. Wow, We really appreciate that. And everyone else, thank you guys for supporting us. Thank you for the continued iTunes reviews. It sounds goofy as fuck, but man, that helps us so much. We'll see you guys next week. Don't be a vampire. 
eat ass instead of blood. How about that? I guess. <laughs> See ya.